This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on out there in podcast land? Welcome to another episode of A Cincy Fan Talking with LP. And of course, this is yours truly, LP. Um, uh, the, the host with the most. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you start just rhyming, master of disaster. Um, uh, man, it's LP. <laughs> hey, man, hope everybody feeling good, feeling great. Um, Make sure y'all do y'all Valentine's Day thing. If you happen to be listening, you know, this, I won't call this the Valentine's Day episode. I don't really go hard for Valentine's Day, but just make sure you do what you're supposed to do for for you and yours. You feel me? So you can stay out of the doghouse, show your significant other that you love them. Hey, man, we, this, this one's not going to be longer than most of the podcast episodes I drop. Um we're gonna get into the Super Bowl from a I don't care about either team perspective and let you know what it's like for the vast majority of folks in the United States that don't care who wins the Super Bowl because their team's not in it. <laughs> you feel me? All star weekend in the NBA is coming up. Um the groupiest of all the groupie all star uh weekends. Um I- I'ma let you know one big, I wouldn't even call it a fix, but I'm going to let you know one thing the All-Star game could do to make it even better. I feel like it's the best All-Star game out of all of them anyway, but they could do this one thing to make it even better. And I got your um, quote-unquote black history movie to watch. Like I told y'all before, we're going against the grain. I'm not dropping um, eyes on the prize for y'all to watch or something like that. Stuff that you, you've already seen. Um, stuff to make you look at the black entertainment perspective from a different lens. You feel me? So we on that. That's what we talking about. Um, Super Bowl night. Um, I'm not going to hold y'all up. Didn't care who won. The Chiefs beat the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. And I, I, I'm not the one to be super salty and going like, man, I hope y'all take an L. I didn't want the Chiefs to win. But I wasn't just all out now hoping for them to lose. It was more of those, my team didn't beat you. So I don't really care what happens after that. You feel what I'm saying? Because I wanted the Bengals to knock out the Chiefs. If the Eagles knock out the Chiefs, that don't necessarily make me feel better. It'll just make me go like, dang, the Bengals could have beat the Eagles. And if the Chiefs won like they did, I just feel like, dang, that could be the Bengals. 
So I, I'm not like I, I heard some San Francisco fans was like putting on Chiefs jerseys and going like go Chiefs. That's that's kind of lame. Now the now the the 49ers fans that I know they weren't rocking like that. Like I already know that. Um, shout out to Gina Rep in the Bay by the way. I feel like she wouldn't be the one to do something like that. Make sure y'all check out her pod. She got a she got a dope pod dropping too. So make sure y'all check that out. But I feel like real 49ers fans, like my cousin, who is at the party with, he's like, man, my, my squad lost to the Eagles, but I don't like the Chiefs either. He's like, I don't really care. And and that was the vibe at my brother's Super Bowl party. Um, had, had a nice little shindig downtown. Now, he happens to live downtown, like in the Central Business District, which is which is odd because... You got to worry about parking. You got to worry about all that because you like in downtown, downtown. And I'm like, little, little bruh, you, you like this? And he's like, this is what I do. You know, parking is easier for me because I live here. So, you know, we had to literally park on the street. I pay for the meter because I didn't feel like even worrying about getting told. Um, His building is super interesting because you know how they've been repurposing all of the buildings, you know, in whatever city you happen to be in. They're trying to make your downtown even better than what it was. So they're trying to get people to live downtown. Now, my brother's building, it used to be the building for social services, you know, welfare, stuff like that. And they've completely repurposed the building. They've turned all of the floors into different types of apartments. You got your two bedrooms. You got your efficiencies. I didn't want to ask little bro how much he is paying for rent, but I'm like, it got to be an ungodly sum. We out here in the suburbs where where the land is cheap and, and the air is not clean because mass people moving out here. So same crappy air. like. <laughs> but he had a nice spot, real open air, big ceilings, big windows, all type of space. It was cool. So, you know, we we all out. Mom's catered the whole thing. So, you know, we eating the good mac and cheese and the the chicken and the greens. Now, I'm controversial because me, myself, I don't like greens. Never have. This makes people look at me from a different lens. I'm like, dude, greens are disgusting. But that's my thing. We'll talk about that in another episode, I guess. And, you know, the vibe is real cool. We all chilling. Neighbors came down from, um, you know, other parts of the building. And, you know, we got the whole fam there. Got to see some of my friends from, like, elementary school. I haven't seen them literally in ages. And it was just real cool kicking it with them, you know, talking about old stuff, seeing what they up to, people getting married, people having kids, you know, traveling and stuff like that. So it was real cool. Real talk. I could not tell you what happened from second quarter until mid-fourth quarter. That's the thing about going to a Super Bowl party and you don't care about the teams. You're not really watching the game. I mean, the game is on. You catch a play or two. But for the most part, you don't care about the game unless your squad is in it. Now, contrast this to last year, right? I couldn't go to a Super Bowl party last year. I'm on pins and needles the whole time. You feel me? I'm, I'm looking at every single play. Don't remember the commercials. Who cares? Because that's my time to breathe while the Bengals going down the field or trying to stop the Rams or whatever. 
it was a completely different vibe from watching the game last year to this year. Man, we relaxed. Dr- drinking Budweiser, the the Parker traditional Tunk for Money game jumped off. And I had people hit me up on Twitter like, LP, what is Tunk? I'm like, I guess it's a regional thing. Um, you can think about it the same way you think of um, Gin Rummy. Or if you play Euchre, you can think of it the same way you play Euchre. Your job is to, um, you know, win as many... Well, it's to create spreads, pretty much. I wouldn't say it's Euchre. Euchre and Spades are more the same thing. But this is more like Rummy, where you're trying to make... You're trying to make spreads. You know, four, five, six, or king, king, king. And if you can get rid of all your cards first, or you can have the lowest amount of number cards in your hand, and you win. I say it's like Euchre. It's nothing like Euchre. Euchre and Spades are the same. Um, some of the homies still look at me like I'm weird, by the way, because like I know how to play Euchre, and... Not trying to be funny, but 98% of black people don't. <laughs> like, I, I can pretty much play any card game that ever lived. Thanks to mom, who corrupted me at a very young age and taught me how to play all of these games. Shout out to my mom. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, so, we're playing, we're playing Tunk for $1 a game, which turns into $2 a game. With side bets all around the table going up for like $10. And that's having nothing to do with the actual game and it's a parker thing like growing up we gambled on everything growing up video games races down the street who could throw a ball up in the air without dropping it for the longest amount of time um indoor basketball games where there's no rim but you have like you know a baseboard going all the way up to the top of the um the wall or whatever who can hit the baseboard with the ball in the right spot and this was always for like a dollar a game two dollars a game which drove my mother and my aunt mad because as kids you know we're gonna end up fighting uh I, I did the math <laughs> not for real but a dollar back when I was like eleven or something it feels like it's about twenty twenty five dollars now. Like, that's how it worked. That's how much it meant to us as kids. Like, I wanted that dollar. I would do whatever I had to do to get that dollar in the card game. So, we're playing, having fun. It, it was very profitable night for yours. I ended up winning like 55 bucks. My brother's the host. He ended up losing like $30, which kind of sucked for him. But, hey, that's not me. So, we're doing all of this stuff while the Super Bowl is on. And we don't end up paying attention to the Super Bowl until mid-fourth quarter when it got really good and really close. I miss Rihanna exposing that she was pregnant. Didn't even notice it until I got home and the wife was like, hey, did you see Rihanna was pregnant? I'm like, no. She's like, how could you miss that? I wasn't staring at the TV. She's like, I knew I should have went with you to make sure you was watching. I'm like, hey, what can you do? The thing about the Super Bowl, you know, after I was watching, you know, the main part at the end of the game, these referees are getting just raked over the coals. And here's the thing. They deserve what's happening to them because they've been making just awful calls all throughout the playoffs. But here's what you have to understand. I heard a lot. This is the one thing that I agree with the referees about. 
You hear a lot of people saying, you can't make that call at the end of the game like that. False. F-A-L-S-E. False. We are asking these referees to be consistent. And if they're being consistent, a holding call with two minutes left in the first quarter is the same thing as a holding call with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's the same thing. You can't have them swallowing their whistle because, oh, the game is too close. I don't want that to happen. If you start letting that happen, these players are going to do all types of mess because players are human beings. And human beings are trained this way. We don't do what we're supposed to do normally. And we don't really do what's right all of the time. We do what people can tolerate. And if I know you're tolerating a certain thing, in the back of my head, I'm like, if I do this, I'm cool. I see it in class all of the time. If I have a rule that says no gum, but certain people are chewing gum in class, the kids immediately pick up on this. And guess what? Everybody starts chewing gum. And if you hit one person up like, hey, you can't chew gum in class. Oh, well, so-and-so chewing gum in class and -and so-and-so is too. You immediately just undermine your own rule. Whereas if I say no gum in class and if I see somebody with gum, I say, hey, you got to spit that out. And I see somebody else with gum, I say, hey, you got to spit that out. And I don't care who it is. I tell them you got to spit your gum out. Pretty soon you won't see people chewing gum because they might be like, your your rule is stupid. But Mr. Parker, I, ex- I respect the fact that you enforce that rule every single time. They respect that. You don't have to like a rule, but if it's being enforced, you're going to respect it. That's what referees have to do on a regular basis. If you call the same thing every time, at some points you're not going to see it because even if the players think it's dumb, you're calling that play in the first quarter the same way you're calling it in the fourth quarter. And as a coach, that's all I want. I want you to be consistent. If I have a referee that's in, if I have a, you know, a referee, an umpire, whatever, that's in a basketball game and I'm coaching in, and I know they don't call ticky-tack fouls, I'm going to hate that if I don't get the fouls called against me, but they're not calling those calls. So I'm telling the players, look, this referee, if you get whacked across the um, arm on the way to a drive, he's probably not going to call that. It's going to go both ways, so you got to play through it. You can respect that. But if it's all haphazard, like, okay, you're cutting across, and I'm calling holding first quarter, but fourth quarter, I'm just following the whistle because I want you to play. Nah, man, forget that. That's whack. That's what I respect about what happened in the fourth quarter of the game in the Super Bowl. It was a penalty. Like, the first part was a penalty. People are like, that's a ticky-tack foul. Nah, man, you can't hold him on this, on this break. They've been, they called that the whole game. You got to respect that. It's not cheating if you do something wrong and it gets called. It doesn't matter when you do it. It's a penalty. That's the part I respect. Overall, the refereeing and the umpiring for this whole playoff series was super trash. And all of the fan bases have a gripe. But the referees have a tough job, like I said last week. And all you can ask a referee to do is be consistent. You're not going to like any of the calls against your team. I'm telling you now. You're going to see everything they call wrong against your squad. 
But if they do it consistently, that's all you can ask for. Like if you see somebody get a um if you see somebody holding and you know for a fact they're gonna call it because they've been calling it all game, that's what it is. Shout out to the Chiefs and their fans. Congratulations on winning the Super Bowl. Like I said, I'm not that Saudi guy. Like, I want my squad to win. I want the Bengals over everything. But you got to respect what Mahomes is doing out there. Travis Kelsey is an absolute goon. The fact that they picked up Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round and he's doing what he's doing tells you two things. Number one, stop drafting running back so high. If you can find a good running back that fits your system, you good. Plus, the shelf life of a running back, sadly, is just so short because they get hit so much. Real talk, you need about two or three really good running backs. Every team should be doing that. That's number one. That's what that should be telling you. Number two, every draft pick is important, especially if you're a really good team like the Bengals, like the Chiefs, like the Bills, like the Eagles, like the 49ers. If you're a really good team, you need to value those picks at the end of the draft because if you if you pick the right picks, you got yourself a really good player on the cheap. So when you see day three of the draft, right, don't just go like, I don't care about it. Really pay attention to what your team is doing to see if they're taking their window seriously. Every team has a window. All of these good teams that are out right now, they're going to be competing against each other for that Super Bowl. So every pick is valuable important and we saw that with the Chiefs so you got to get credit where it's due they really did their thing this year and this was a year where a lot of people was like they might fall off because the division is so good yada 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 give them their props man and let's see if the Bengals can go ahead and get it done next year um we'll like to see who the Bengals play first um I don't think it'll be the Chiefs a lot of people are saying that but the Chiefs also play the Eagles at home so I think they'll, they'll want to go ahead and recreate that Super Bowl matchup. That's kind of where I'm at. Shout out to the Chiefs. Understand that the Bengals, we coming for you. You feel me? <laughs> hey, um, changing gears to um, basketball real quick. Um, We have the All-Star game coming up um, this weekend. I love the All-Star game in basketball. As I stated last week, this is the best All-Star game that we have because the basketball all-star game in the NBA, they embrace the fact that we don't care who wins. We don't care about this game being competitive. We really don't. I cannot tell you who won the last 12 all-star games. I don't care. It doesn't matter. All I care about is who's going to win a three-point competition, what the rookies and sophomores look like, what the slam dunk contest look like, what they're going to do during the All-Star game is going to be crazy. It's a big pickup game, man. In the All-Star game, they've embraced that. They don't try to make it competitive and go like, hey, this game matters. The winner gets home court in the playoffs and, man, later for all that. I want to see the players that I like to see hoop. I want to see them hoop. I want to see them get the ball in their hand, clear out. One-on-one, show-off, flashy passes, three-pointers from the logo, slam dunks, all of that. That's what I want to see. I want the score to be 184 to 182. 
<laughs> That's what I want to see. Like, I, I want to see the score like 94 to 87 at the end of the first quarter. Like, that's what I'm on. I don't care about defense. I don't care about players not taking it seriously. Later for all that. <laughs> like, I, I'm for real, man. And the All-Star game in the NBA, they understand that. They don't take it too seriously. And they're like, let's get our our best players, our most popular players, players in the spotlight, and let's let them shine. That's what it should be about. Now, I got a lot of people not really hating, but they're going like, you know, all-star weekend night is boring and they should make the three-point competition last because it's the best one and the slam dunk contest is boring now. And I won't hold you up. It is. At some point, you can you do everything that, that can be done as a as a dunker. And then you start doing ignorant mess, like climbing a ladder and jumping off the ladder in a um in a full Superman cape and outstretching your arms and dunking the ball with your mouth and all of that. That's what people want to see at this point, because all the other stuff has been done. Which at the point where a double windmill reverse dunk from under the legs, people go like, hmm, I get that a seven out of ten. Dude, did you see what he just did? He spinned around twice, put the ball under his legs, and dunked it from behind his head. We giving that a seven? You've seen stuff better than that. But I got the fix for you. I got the remedy. Here's what you do. And you know what? I can't take credit for this one. I really can't. I got to get a wife credit for this. I I, I really do. I, I can't hate. You have two slam dunk contests. You have two of them. One on Saturday night. One on Sunday night. I, I thought of some of this. I kind of took her idea and made it a little bit better, but she had to court her idea. So Saturday night, you had a regular slam dunk contest. You know, you had the young boys out there getting it done, making a name for themselves. On Sunday, you take the second or the third quarter. You just take one of those quarters and you make that quarter of the All-Star game the second slam dunk contest. Whoever has the best dunk during the game wins the slam dunk contest. There are so many great dunkers in the NBA that are great in-game dunkers. And an in-game dunk, a reverse windmill dunk in the middle of a game is just tremendous. There's something about a great dunk in the middle of the game that makes everybody lose their mind. Like, you see Anthony Edwards just levitate on top of somebody and just put it on their head. Like, that's amazing to see. So, you make the second or the third quarter. You know, the quarters we don't care about because the fourth quarter is, like, the most important quarter now. You take one of those quarters and you just make the best dunk the winner. Now, it's not the winner of the entire weekend. You know, you'll have two slam dunk winners, one that's in the game and one that's out of the game. And it's perfect because now you have something else to watch. Now you have something else to look forward to in the slam dunk contest. And you'll have people like LeBron involved. Just saying. If Zion gets healthy, he'll be involved. Zach Levine might be up in there. Whoever's in the slam dunk, whoever's in the game, they're automatically part of the slam dunk contest you just expanded the field of the slam dunk contest from four to what 28 
I'm sure everybody's going to want to get their shine on. And can't you just see people going like move out of the way, get out of the way. So I go ahead and get this dunk. And then you can see people moving out of the way to get them like a ridiculous dunk. Man, this would be amazing. Yo, um, NBA, if y'all do this, me and the wife, um, Mrs. LP, those are her actual initials, by the way. I'm not making this up. <laughs> um, get, give us our money. Don't just take our idea and run off with it, all right? Um, I don't know. Give us like five-year season tickets or somewhere. You know, we're not selfish. Plus, we can sell those and make some cheese. Give us our fair due because you heard it here first, all right? Give us our money. If you listen, don't try to steal our idea either. Like, I'm watching you. I can see you. I'm looking at you. See me? Just saying, man, give me my money. <laughs> hey, um, before we head out, so, um, against, not really against the grain movies for you to watch for Black History Month. I'm not really doing that. These are movies that are primarily African-American um, casted that expand what you may think about what a quote-unquote black movie is because there are so many different examples of people thinking outside of the box and just giving you a slice of black life or just using black people or people of all races and put you in a situation where you've seen this before, but this is done a little bit differently. And that's my recommendation I'm talking about today. Tales from the Hood. This this came out like 94, 95. Um, now, honestly, I'm just being honest. This is one of the first instances that I can remember where I saw primarily black people in a scary movie. Like, this is a horror movie, which is kind of surprising because usually, and I'm just being real, in the horror genre, you see black people in the horror movie, and those are the people that die first. <laughs> in this movie, I can give you a, a brief synopsis, all right? But I won't give, give away any spoilers. Some of my listeners might have seen it before. Some of my listeners are like, what? Tales from the Hood. So it basically boils down like this. And this this movie is casted brilliantly by the way so you have these three guys these three quote-unquote like gangsters they go into a funeral home because the funeral director happened to find some drugs and he wants to sell it to him i can't give you the ending because the spoiler was crazy the first time i saw it i was like are you serious so they go meet the funeral director and the funeral director tells them stories about some of the people and items that they see in the funeral home. And the stories are where the beauty of the movie takes place. The The stories, they're basically the scary parts. Um, a lot of supernatural stuff. We're talking about people coming back from the dead. Um, we're talking about monsters like stuff that that are normally part of a horror movie but it's done in a way where it's very realistic it's ext it's extremely realistic like the scenarios that happen they seem far-fetched but when you think about it you go like yeah this is kind of scary um corbin Burnson um <laughs> plays a role where you kind of go like really 
I didn't realize it was Corbin Burnson for a long time. David Allen Greer is in it, and he's not funny in this. That I, I'll tell you now, David Allen Greer. This is a very unfunny role from him. You'll probably look at him and kind of hate him for a second. Um, a very good movie. One of the first. As a kid, this was one of the few movies where I looked at, and I was a little afraid to go to sleep that night. <laughs> now, it it wasn't like, this isn't a jump scary movie. It's more of a, the longer you watch it, the scarier it becomes movie. Um, they touch on a lot of themes, racism, um, domestic abuse, um, drug use. So I don't know if I would have the kids around me while I'm watching it. Um, which which makes me kind of go like, Ma, why was I watching movies like this? And she'll probably go like, yeah, why were you watching movies like this? And then I have to tap out of the conversation. Just saying. <laughs> um, I definitely recommend it. Um, check it out. Let me know what you think. If you've already seen it, let me know what you think about it. Uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter. Um, feel free to leave me a message on that Anchor voicemail uh, message machine as well. Um, love the comments that come through there. They are hilarious. They're, uh, they make me think a lot. Uh, I like to talk about them when I get back on here. So... Leave me a message. Let me know what you think. Um, Tales from the Hood. Check it out. Really good movie. Um, like I said before, I have like a ton of movies. Um, they don't fit the whole um, Black History Month. So watch this and understand what happened to our people and then forget about them for the rest of the year until next February. Like we're not doing that. So I hit you up with more and more um, throughout the entire year. Happy Valentine's Day to you folks. Um I was in the grocery store, um, matter of fact, um, last night trying to, you know, find the right gift and everything, you know, looking for the right card, talking to a lot of fellas and they're like trying to stay out the doghouse, huh? <laughs> uh, make sure you get the right one. And, you know, a whole lot of back and forth banter because, you know, we're all up in there looking for the right gift. You feel me? Um, make sure you celebrate it the right way. Um live it up. I'll hit y'all back next week. More stuff you can listen to, more views you can use. But, you know, until next week, as always, y'all, life is good. Peace out. If you're not ready for the conversation to end, I'm not either. Make sure to catch me on Twitter. That's the Cincy Fan Talking. Leave off the G at the end of it, and we can keep the conversation going. Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes. The episodes will drop every Tuesday. If there's a change in that, I'll make sure to let you know. Appreciate the support. As always, life is good.